You know what the fuck going on. What's popping, y'all? You are now tuned in to episode 78 of Not Politically Correct. You know what's going on. If you hear your boy Rick McCoy first, that means T.S. is with the Lord. Uh, <laughs> Again, he's not dead. <laughs> not dead. Just close to God. R.I.P. R.I.P. T.S. R.I.P. T.S. That's what you should call this episode. T-T-Y-L-B-R-B-O-M-G-B-B-Q. What the fuck? All right, I feel it. Um... So, it's your boy, Rick McCoy, a.k.a. Mr. What It Do, a.k.a. Young Splash God, a.k.a. No Cap Charlie, a.k.a. Smooth Job Johnny, a.k.a. Dope Dub Danny, a.k.a. FBI Mike, a.k.a. Hip Hop Harry, a.k.a. Hallway Jones, because... Ringtone. All right. Bitches and ringtones, you know. Huh? They want the ding dong. Um, <laughs> right. And you can find me at Rick McCoy KPZ on Twitter. I'm always there. Always there. Recently got into it because I reposted an article about a motherfucker... Shit, not a baby, which probably wasn't very accurate, but I was like really upset. So I just said some shit. Oh, hey, what's what's Tia's oh, favorite social media platform? Twitter. <laughs> um, and you can also find me at Rumble Coy Rebel. Uh, that's Snapchat for y'all, motherfuckers. You feel me, Cody? Hi, I'm Cody. CD recording everything. <laughs> Alright, um, Russ the Barman, aka Teddy Russ, aka Smooth Fingers, aka Kid Universal, aka School Wars King, aka The Progenitor, aka Russ the Bus. I haven't heard Mount Russ morning in a while. Can we do that again? Because I don't do that. Um, <laughs> that was never my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I tried and I never. failed. I'll keep striking out. We're not near now. Um,. <laughs> Been here, bro. You just find the Chaddies of Snaps as Thaddeus Snap Chaddies. And then on IG at Candy Community, C A N D I D underscore C U P I D I T Y. I D I T Y. I D I T Y. That's for you. The circle of I D I T Y. Y'all funny as fuck. And just so you know, we like to always let y'all know, as the people, that you can <clears throat> join our Facebook group at Not Politically Correct Podcast. You can like our page on uh, Facebook at NPC Podcast. Um, on Twitter, we there doing our goddamn thug this at Not PC Podcast. Um, and you can also find us on SoundCloud, the podcast app for you iPhone users, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, and anything that you can listen to stuff on except for Tidal, apparently. At not politically correct mm-hmm. podcast, um, and when you go there, you know you can you can definitely uh, like, rate, and you know leave comments, talk to us, tell us how great we are, tell us how much we fucking suck, so we can really not take that into consideration and keep doing what the fuck we're doing. So there's that. Um, if y'all want to interact with us, please do because we love y'all, motherfuckers. And on to spigot written sports. Uh, yeah. The so so we we all know, or maybe we don't, because for some reason I don't know how we have listeners from overseas there, eh? Across the pond. But um <laughs> the Milwaukee Antetokounmpo's lost. Um <laughs> so yeah, that uh, let's see. Kenny Smith said, um, and if the Bucks can come back from down 0 to three, um, the Blazers did this. They faced elimination like the last five games of the bubble, and they won every game. And Shaq said, but they don't have Damian Lillard. 
And I was like, damn, he's right. Yeah, he is right. He is right. He is right. And I'm so I'm sick of every single year. Everyone's like, oh, Giannis is going to leave. Oh, he's going to the Golden State. Oh, he's going to the league. Oh, like, and every year, Giannis is like, I'm not leaving. And so there's all that talk again. And then he said, I'm not leaving. So can we all put that to rest now, please? Thank you. R.I.P.T.S. Uh, uh, he said, wait, wait, wait a minute. Giannis. He's with the Lord. <laughs> exactly. You know. Giannis said out of his own mouth, he said, I'm not leaving. Can we put that to rest? Yeah. Well. I think he might have said, can we put to the wrist? But if he didn't, then I am right now. Point. <laughs> Copyright 2020. George yeah, Hill. I know, he's, I know he's said that a couple, I mean, not just a couple times, but many times that he's like, no, I'm not just going to break out. And that seems to be everybody's fear right. that, oh, no, we're going to lose him. Um, there was one quote that uh, I heard that I thought was really interesting is that, um, what was it? It was... Um, that um, Giannis is not Pippen looking for his Jordan. He's Shaq looking for his Kobe. I yeah, that I saw that too. That was pretty good too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Which that's pretty accurate too because, I mean, he is a big man and Kobe was the shooter. And, you know, he's a great shooter in the books. Middleton. But, I mean, it would also be great to have more shooters. Yeah, I was going to say, right. I was going to say I got I to gotta start, you know, I'm backtracking, and I'm a motherfucker that commit when he was wrong. You know what I'm saying? And I was wrong about Middleton. I was wrong about Middleton. I thought it was uh, Eric Bledsoe who was really the one that was gonna be the guy. To, I just, Are you sure I you like, don't want to say Chris Middle Nine? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I um, I really thought last season not because I liked Bledsoe was scrappy to me. He had like a lot of like hustle to him last year, and so I was like, fuck Middleton. I'm like, look at this motherfucker mother beginning shit off. I was wrong. I wonder if he just got drained out. You know, I don't. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I mean, this year's been a weird year. We, I mean, for us to yeah. start, for us, we broke a lot of. I, I read an article that said we broke a lot of records this year. The Bucks, the first team in NBA in NBA history to make it to the yeah. playoffs that that soon, to like clinch a playoff berth that soon. Um, a, a bun, there were a bunch of other records that we broke, and people were people were there. Were, the article said this might be one of the best NBA teams in history. This this go, they were like comparing this year's Bucks to. You know, 2015 the, Warriors yep, yep, and the yep, 90s Bulls. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the article was comparing it and saying, um, "We're one of those." This season was making us one of those teams. And they then, also saw something that, um, and I wish I would have screen captured it, but it was like the Bucks this season started out. It was like 52 to whatever, and then. Like for how many wins they had, and then since like the bubble thing, it was like we won like nine games or six games. I forget what it was to like fourteen losses or something like that. Like it was really bad. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. This crazy to me. Like how much this bubble shit really affected. You know, like what we had going on and shit. But you know, it is what it is. I feel it. One of many variables. Right. Yeah. So I think. Another uh, cool thing uh, with the Bucks, George Hill um, has his very own personal zoo, an 850-acre ranch in Texas that boasts a variety of animals, including, but not limited to, zebras, kangaroos, wildebeests, antelopes, kudu, I think that's sushi, but I'm not sure, ostriches. <laughs> the animals are free to roam around and are only bothered if they appear to be sick or injured. That is pretty cool. Go bucks. Anyway, he doesn't have a buck. What the? 
Come on, dude. Oh, because you can't stop them. You can only can hope to contain them. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no one? Okay. Bueller. Um, LeBron James now has the most career wins in NBA playoff history. His 162 wins passes Derek Fisher's record. Again, He's been in the league for like 40 years, though. Right. I didn't even know Who? Derek Fisher oh, yeah. was the leading playoff leader. Like, I didn't know that. I figured it would be like Kobe or Jordan. Because Derek Fisher really played his whole career in L.A., didn't he? Dude, start asking the sports guy stuff, not me. What is going on? <laughs> hmm. So Charles, Charles. Uh, Derek Fisher. <laughs> I thought he played. I thought he was. I thought he played his whole career with the um, <clears throat> the Lakers, which which during the period he was with them was all Kobe. So I now now I gotta fucking know because I don't I won't sit well with him. <laughs> oh, he's coaching the Los Angeles Sparks right now. He is. That's interesting. Uh, anywho, yeah, there's a. I can edit that question out like I usually do. Cool. Okay, next thing. He um, also played for the Golden State Warriors, Utah Jazz, Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Dallas Mavericks. But he played the majority of his career with the Los Angeles Lakers. This nigga played with motherfucking. Okay, see, in 2014. <laughs> I've been everywhere, man. Yeah, he's been, he, he's everywhere, man. Yeah, he played for 18 seasons. Um, was drafted in 1996. He went back. That's funny, he went back to the Lakers. And was, he was, it, he was, see, he was with the Lakers when they won all of their 2000 and, uh, their 2000 championship with Kobe. So, so 2001, 03. Two, he was there, then came back in 07 and won with Don't them again. Call it a comeback. And, and won with them again in 09 and 2010. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny to me. I don't. It's funny because he went He. I don't see many people go back to teams because he went back to. It was OKC in 2012 and then Dallas Mavericks and then went back to OKC the following year. That's funny. Oh, LeBron James. <laughs> That's funny. That's like fucking funny to me. So the Celtics and the Raptors played um, game seven. Uh, game six actually was a total BS. I still don't like Toronto because of Drake. I just liked them back when Vince Carter and T-Mac were there. But anywho, Nick Nurse, the Raptors coach, I think should get fined because he was on the court pretending to be a player, literally on the court. In football, that's you got to redo that play, and that's a penalty. So I don't know why he's right. on the court. And um, what's his – Jason Tatum, I think it was, um, from the Celtics, passed the ball to Nick Nurse because he was standing in a position that – and he was open that he thought it was his player. And he said – he called out that was BS, and Nick Nurse said, no, we're just competitive. Like, no, that's bogus. So that forced <laughs> – <laughs> so they just forced a game seven, and the Celtics won, thankfully. Fuck you, Drake. Um, so that's our first semifinals. Um, and the East matchup that we have confirmed is the Heat versus the Celtics. Um, right now in the West, <clears throat> the wait, 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 wait a minute. So the the, the they the, the Celtics put the Raptors out. Yes. Ooh wee! This is getting really interesting. I like this type of shit. Yes, boy. Okay, I didn't know that. Lakers are 
Lakers are up three to one on the Rockets. That's kind of no surprise because the Rockets are short and the Lakers are not. And so there's a lot of memes about that, which is funny. You said the Rockets are sh- like short in height. It, you mean? Yeah, there's a fun, the fun. I saw a meme this morning that was like uh, it was AD and um, uh, JaVale McGee. And they were like on the side, just like resting their hands on their chins, and it's like looking all bored. And it said, "When you're a center and you're playing against the Rockets." <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm. We can all, I think, it's hopefully, safe to assume that the Lakers will take that to go to the conference finals, uh, and then you think Clippers or Nuggets gonna take it out? That would be dope. To, that would be dope to see LA in LA. Oh, I really think so. I think Clippers, but could go either way. Yeah, the Nuggets, man, they trying to do their thug this. Oh my God, I really, I wanted the Rockets or the Bucks. I really want Rockets. All before I die, I mean, within the next like five years, all I really want is this one thing: the Houston Rockets versus the Bucks. Those are two separate things. <laughs> the Houston Rockets versus the Milwaukee Bucks in the finals. Because whoever wins that, I'll be a happy camper. Like I won't. Well, I'll just spend the whole time being fucked up watching TV like, this is so great, all seven games. I won't give it shit. Like, what's going on, bro? I think you should start eating healthier then, taking your one-a-day vitamins, doing some cardio. Because if you want that to happen, I'm just kidding. Oh. Like, <laughs> You're going to be living, live a long, a long living a long time. Yeah, yeah I feel like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first NFL game premiere, it was the Houston Texans. Versus, speaking of Houston, <laughs> <laughs> right? Was a rough Houston, Houston. Yeah. Um, versus the uh, reigning champs, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and um, they did the their anthem, and then they outside of that, they just had like a moment of silence, unity, and all players locked arms, and yeah, Kansas City so. was booing them. Yeah. Now, I saw a tweet that I shared on Facebook that says, the booze during the moment of unity should make it very clear that it was never about the flag or the anthem. Those people yeah. don't want racism to be challenged regardless of the when, where, or how. Right. Yep. And it said, like, nothing was going on. I don't get it. So. All um, right, man. That's... I mean, it's not something we didn't already know, but just, like, at this point, man... Right. And I mean, and and Cody, you're one of my best friends, and you, and for those of you, you who know me, two of my best friends are white people. One is Cody, and one is my friend Josh. Shout out Josh, love you. Big I thought brother. the other was Wayne Brady. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I this year has been really rough. Just on some, just me being really open and really honest, it's been really been really rough. Please don't take offense to this because I love you to not hate white people. It's been really rough. It's been really, and I'm a person that thinks I'm a person that's adamant about black people can be racist. I'm a person that's really adamant about like you. It should be equal and shit, and like um, in terms of how we think of other people. But there's a lot of yeah. shit going on this year that's making it. That's like, and you, and I have to center myself as a as a good person to be like you can't, you know, you can't put that on everybody, and you know, you can't put that on all these people and all this shit. But it's just like shit keeps happening. I'm just like, what the fuck are we doing to y'all? It, right. It's it's becoming really, really hard. And I don't know if that's media, like, doing this for elections well, it, and shit and shit that's, like, pushing us like, apart yeah. from each other. I don't really know yeah. how to call it, but shit's happening. I'm just like, stop fucking with us. You know what I'm saying? Like. That's definitely a part of it, though. Because, 
for, for some reason, uh, well, I won't even say for some reason. Um, it's it's always like this, especially around um, <laughs> the, this whole political season, um, with this being such a, I won't say it's more important than others in the past, but yeah. it seems very important because of the the way the country is going. Yeah. Um, it's really exposing more and more racist activity and tendencies um, especially when we have a president who celebrates the death of black people. Um, so it, it's it's really pushed race relations and the tension between the races at an all-time high. Um, even considering the civil rights movements, um, the fact of the period between slavery and actual equal rights, even though uh, I still don't say they're equal, um, but those things, there was such a, you know, a tense period then, and it's like we're not necessarily coming back full circle, but a lot more is being um, exposed due to the technology that we have access to. Um, so, yeah, as I, I'm in agreement with you, uh, McCoy, because I do have quite a lot of um, quote-unquote white friends. Quote-unquote? Uh, <laughs> questionable races? Like, I, no, I have white friends, you know how they do you know, if you're like, you know, I got a black friend type of thing. So yes. it's it's oh. it's that. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, <laughs> when they're when they're just when they're just friends to me. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't. Yeah, you know, for sure, for sure. You don't. I don't you see have to, color. You, right. you have to you have to make that distinction um, in order to prove your point. Um, and there's a lot of people, especially in my college years, who really took care of me and really looked after me when my own people didn't see the need to do so. Um, and so that's why, uh, you know, I kind of hold them dear because they look beyond anything else and they call me a friend yeah, and they treated sure. me as such. For sure. So this period is really, um, showing me who my real friends are, who, who are, who are not. And I can honestly say, um, that even the people in my circle who I thought would be kind of on the, the other side against me, they've shown me such love and such, um, solidarity and loyalty yeah. that it's it's really um made it not as difficult to hate right <laughs> all, yeah, for all sure. white people but for sure for uh, sure for sure definitely makes me a little more skeptical and a little more scrutinizing when it comes to what people say and how they how they yeah. act yeah it's it's really for me cody again you are like uh i don't want to call you the white saver but it's like i think a lot about <laughs> I think a lot about my friendship with Cody, and I think just to let you know, bro, we came, we just recently this past spring came up on four years of friendship, which it's crazy because I didn't like I knew me and you would be cool. I just didn't think you would be like this close, this close to me. Um, you know, you are like you're my inner circle. You, you are the in, inner circle. I have a lot of people who are just you know associates and shit. You know, because I'm a nice guy, I talk to a lot of people and shit. But you are you know, inner circle, best friend type shit. And um, it's you, it's it's our, your, your, my relationship with you that when I have these feelings, I always reflect and I'm like, of course you know, you know. Mm-hmm. This is just a moment, in, it's not, not a moment in time because racism is continuing to happen, but it's like you can't, I can't let myself get, you know, I gotta let my mental, uh, uh, like I gotta like mentally remove myself from a lot of that shit and just remember that I can't let this turn me into a bad person because I have people like Cody in my life. You know what I'm saying? And it's, I reflect a lot when I'm having these feelings. It's thoughts about things that I've been through with Cody, how we've held each other down on both ends. And it's just, um, 
it's it's that relationship that keeps me from going off the deep end. Like fuck these <laughs> fuck these motherfuckers. Like because there's a lot of times mm-hmm. I'm just like I'm like bro at this point I should just get a gun and just be prepared to go to like war at some at some point soon. That is how well, scary the shit is starting to feel. Like so I don't know. And I I understand all of that. I really do. And I feel like the tough part is us as human beings putting so many people into our perspective categories you know grouping people in for sure when there's like a bad but we don't like look past into like just the individual and it's hard to do that when there's a lot of you know stuff going on in the news and animosities but yeah for sure for sure so i just uh man it's it's been it's been it's been a really rough year and i i am just hoping and hopeful that next year 2021 our sports get back to normal our lives get back to not even back to normal because the normal has not been working, but it, that we get back to some right. normalcy in terms right. of structure. But I hope that the structure itself, the foundation of the structure that we get back to, is very much so more positive. You know what I mean? So go out and vote, or yeah. go in and vote, and, mail in and, and vote, and go out and vote, and don't just go out and vote for president of the United States because the truth is, the fact of the matter is, that motherfucker is not really making the laws. I mean, it, it, it's funny. It's funny. It's the local and sh- the local shit that we should be uh, voting for. And there's even um, there was a there's something that came out earlier this year where this guy was talking about like branches of government, and it's really critical that you vote for the right branches of shit like um, mayors, governors, uh, and the president don't really make the uh-huh. laws. The shit gets to the shit gets to them, and they can you know like veto it or like you know finalize it. They don't. They're not. They're McCoy not, in school. What are the three branches of government? Mayor, governor, no, 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 and no, 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 no. I'm saying that, I'm saying that that branch, like the branch in which they align, that branch doesn't. I'm, and you don't look to me to be like some political science scientist or no, something like that. Um, but that, no, their I, get, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Th- their branch of government doesn't make the laws that we you know hate or dislike or that run our lives. They just kind of sign off on shit. By the time it gets to right. them, so we got to be voting for yep. people that's in the house and in Congress and shit like that. Like we got to make sure that the people that we put in those positions are really, you know, good human beings and shit like that. So the thing that I see or think about is like, and it's me being biased, but I'm like looking at all these Trump signs out in people's lawns. Like, what good do you actually see that he's done? Like, in your perspective, even yeah. if yeah, you know, and and then I go like the only. I only see bad things that he's done, but the biggest, I mean, cause you are correct that like, you know, the president kind of mainly signs things or like if he has an idea, it still has to go through a bunch of doors and whatnot. Right. But I feel like the biggest thing he has done, which is terrible is as a human being having the huge platform that he has worldwide. And he either brainwashes his followers or he, I don't know. He's like a cult leader, you know. Like he forces mm-hmm. people to bring out their inner racist, or they, he makes it a point to show, like, oh, these other people bad. I'm good. I'm great. I'm. It's like, yeah. it's just so uh, unbearable. Yeah. Um. Just to piggyback on what McCoy said, uh, remember, it's the legislative and the judicial branches we should really be focusing on. Yeah. Um. So the legislative, as far as like the House of Representatives or the Congress, because those are, like you said, those who kind of fashion the laws and bring up the um, the proposals for certain changes and things um, that are voted and ratified and all that good stuff. Um, and then also the, the judicial, oh, goodness gracious, the judicial system, um, the judges... The Judge Judy system. 
um, that we put in place because they enforce the laws and they enforce such heavy um, sentences on um, those they feel are less than. So we have to be looking to those um, those localities, as um, I heard an expert say, um, because they kind of affect our lives more often than uh, the person at the top. Um, I can say that what I've seen from Trump is um, not honestly just a message of hate and more than a message of confusion because it really seems like he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Um, But also that he's just trying to undo everything Obama did as well as make a name and a monument for himself. Yeah, Yeah, and that... He even takes credit for shit that, you know, Obama already did or, like, will, like, Mm -hmm. call... You know, like, like somebody compared some shit and they were like, uh, the economy in, you know, 2009... And how bad mm-hmm. it was, knowing that in Obama just inherited that from Bush, and then right. the re- the recession we were going through from Bush, and then he said, you know, <laughs> economy now, you know, with Trump. But here's the thing: you've been president four years, and that is a comparison of a guy who had just got in office that year, just inaugurated. Right. That. Also, it, like Obama did a ton of stuff to turn it around, and as soon as Trump got in office. He didn't think what's good, what's bad, what do I want to change. He just saw everything that Obama did, and he's like, I don't like Obama, so I'm going to take away everything he did. Like, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yep. yep. So. <sighs> well, um, yeah, so J.J. Watt spoke about the booze that he heard during Thursday's pregame uh, moment of unity and said, the moment of unity I personally thought was good. I mean, the booing during that moment was unfortunate. I don't fully understand that. Uh, there was no flag involved. There was nothing involved other than two teams coming together to show unity. Also, uh, side note, uh, Houston Texans stayed in the locker room, room during the uh, his, the national anthem, I think. Um, but also, on that note, speaking of Houston, Travis Scott has a deal with McDonald's, so <laughs> shout out to him. Speaking of Music, McCoy. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> but it's got Sprite. Shout barbecue out to... Tra- right. They but it's got what? It's got Sprite and barbecue with the fries. That's funny <laughs> oh, because it, it took... It and took, it's lit. It took <laughs> Travis Scott to for you motherfuckers at McDonald's to give me some barbecue other than one listen, pack for my chicken nuggets, you fucking son of a bitch. Listen, give me four, listen, yeah. Listen, listen. I am not in no way condemning Travis Scott... I think it's a, a smart business move to get your name out there, get some extra income, yeah. and to make this this collaboration with a well-known franchise. I just think the burger could have been some better, extra, different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah it's a fucking it's a fucking it's quarter pounder with bacon and, and lettuce. They could right. have like a roller coaster from Astro World made out of fries and dude, dude, <laughs> you can have an Astro World shake. And it an Astro, be there you go. Yep, yep. That would yep. be something Travis. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that that, that might dope. actually wait, stay wait, on wait. the menu. Damn, I want that. Do now. I know what you're saying? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that would have been actually dope. Damn, uh, Russell, you need to be his manager or some shit because that was out of dude, out, out dude, of window McDonald's listen, for that listen, shit. Oh, my yeah. mama out of window McDonald's for that. A couple years ago. Nike was doing the campaign with Cape, uh, Kaepernick, and I was like, "Yo, why don't we got no Kaepernikes or no K Nikes?" You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Nike, Nike holler at me. You know what I'm saying? Oh God, hire that boy. 
you need to hey, Nike you know, need to go ahead and hire Russell so they can also sponsor uh, NPC. We're we are all here for all of this. Um, please hire Russell Nike. Thank you. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write a letter to the goddamn CEO, uh, like a kid and shit. Mm-hmm. Yo, I did that actually. I wrote a, I wrote a, a letter to the CEO of THQ and he wrote me back when I was a kid. Really? Yes. Oh, check this out. When I was a kid, um, I wrote a letter to, T- to because I wanted to be a video game designer and I wrote a letter to the CEO of THQ. And I sent it to him. I don't even know what the fuck made me do that shit. And this motherfucker, because I, I told him, I told him, this is what you should do to improve the wrestling games. You should do this. You should do this. <laughs> the what? The, you, you know what the fuck I said. This I don't. Do Come again, one more time. This is what you, do, you should do to improve the WWE, WWE game. <laughs> he said WWE. <laughs> WWE games. <laughs> Bitch. WWE, whatever. <laughs> WWE fighting, fighting. Right, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I said this, you should do to improve them, and then I said, now I kind of like bar. Oh my god, I was crazy, like fucking eleven year. I kind of like bargained with him. I was like, okay, so now this is what I need from you, and I said, <laughs> I want to. <laughs> this is what I need from you. I, I basically in the note said, I want to know how to become a video game designer. And I was like, I want to work for y'all one day, and I think you should do that because I have good ideas. Like I just gave you something. Like I'm, I'm eleven, talking my shit like to this guy. He wrote me back, and He's basically everywhere. <laughs> and he wrote me back, and he was basically like. Basically, like, those are some good ideas. He basically says, your ideas are good. We're going to, you know, work on a game and, you know, make it best for you. Um, and then he gave me some, he said, basically, you know, I was too young, but what I should, he gave me some pointers. And I, I don't know where the fuck this letter is. Of course, <laughs> it's, sit down, little boy. <laughs> of, of course, it's somewhere. And now I'm kind of getting sad because I'm, it's like lost in like history. But this motherfucker wrote me and told me those are good ideas. And, you know, I can't hire you right now, but one day keep working at it. You'll be great, kid. And, like, basically, like, come find us. He, he said, unfortunately, due to child labor laws. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I want to work for y'all. Like, it was, like, thinking back on it. Damn, I just got a big-ass smile on my face. Anyways, music. Ah! All right. Bic Mensa. Let's get on to that motherfucker and how he do his thug thing. You feel me? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, once again, it's on. You know what I mean? We back. The V tape, Vic Mensa, the the Chi Town born Rock Nation signee, one of the dopest uh, 2014 XXL freshmen, one of my favorites. That was my one of my, that was like my favorite cover. Just so y'all know, we had Chance on there, we had motherfucking uh, Ty Dollar Sign, you had Isaiah Rashad, you had fucking Jaron Benton, like you had a couple of my tops on that motherfucker. Um, uh, 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 Kevin Gates is on that that bitch. Uh, Rich Homie Quan, that was a raw ass cover, dog. That was a fucking raw like top MCs on that motherfucker, like. Anywho, anywho. It's so funny if you take what you say so yeah. literally. Like, yeah, I, just, I heard Kevin it. Kevin Gates is on it. that bitch. I'm like, and who? What? <laughs> yeah, like, I, yeah. Anywho, uh, he's dropped a new EP called The V Tape. Being that he says in the opening song that V is for Vendetta, we should expect this tape to be heavy. And, well, it oh, is. I thought it was, like, V card. Um, okay. I'm uh, just kidding. <laughs> both, it's heavy, both bar-wise and emotionally. It holds some weight. So we're going to get into it. Um, Production-wise. Uh, Machiavelli. This reminds me of a rock Rockefeller early two thousands production. I mean, this motherfucker. Uh, this gives me state property vibes from the vocal sample um, at the lead, and then the heavy rock like drum sound, like the 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 kicks and the snare sound like a uh, drum sound, rock drum sound like loop, like they sampled it out of a rock song, and I love it because that's definitely early Rockefeller. 
then the horns and the bass they carry the beat it's it's heavy and it's one of those those songs that you know you definitely nod your head to you know what i'm saying it's not necessarily like a banger like you're gonna be in the club jumping around to it but it's one of those motherfuckers that you definitely like be like in the you know like you bob your head to that motherfucker because it got that beat to it um dirt on my name hit boy i mean this motherfucker's really having a good, good year man Hit Boy did it again, man, on this one, man. The the light synth, the xylophone twinkles, which might, at this point, I'm starting to think that that might be part of Hit Boy's signature, damn near. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that motherfucker, I don't know, man. Like, that, that, that shit might really, 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 really be his thing, man. Um, though, with the xylophone twinkles, that lead this beat with the rapid hi-hats and, and um, the deep kicks, like, it's a banger, man. This is this is not a lot going on here, but the less is more technique is good for him, and it makes this song that you are, it makes it the song that you're probably gonna ride around to. Like this, if there if he had like a radio single, if he was gonna promote this on some radio shit, "Dirt on My Name" would probably be the most obvious choice on really? this on this EP for me. If it was gonna be a red, if we were, if we were looking for a single, if we were looking for a single, this would be the one that I would put on the radio, um, if I had to. Uh, X Games. Um, there's a warped. This beat is dope to me because there's a warped reverse sample on this one, um, and some deep bass synth that hold this one together. Um, I love when you use uh, when 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 producers can use a uh, reverse sample, like a warped sample, where they take take some song, reverse it, and then use that. As like the padding for the beat. That's so I love that. That always sounds really, really good to me. So they did that here. Um, there is like light kicks and oh my god, there is an amazingly perfect as fuck selected and EQ'd snare here. Like this, the snare on this song was doing something for my ears, man. Um, I don't know, I don't know the I don't I didn't look up who the producer was, but the snare they chose here that stands out more than anything to me. That the warp thing, dope. But the the snare was just like hitting me every time. I'm like, damn, this is the snare is fucking perfect, dog. Like they knew what they were doing when they chose that for the sounding, <laughs> and they EQ'd it. They EQ'd it perfectly, man. Got the right like mid range sounds up out of that motherfucker. It was great. Um, so all these pieces make for a nice vibe and a, and a mellow bop. Um, but but here's the thing about Vic Mensa, man. The beats on the, on here, I'm gonna just be real, 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 real honest with y'all. Just they're okay. This is a good tape because Vic Mensa writes. Okay, I'm not. Listen, man. Um, he doesn't draw. If, if when it's one thing that this motherfucker can do, you know what I'm saying? He's and he's been a controversial MC for a little bit because you know, like, um, you know, when two years ago when X X X Tentacion. When he got oh, murdered, that's right. when he got murdered, uh, Vic Mensa did a freestyle or not a freestyle, but it was the hip BT Hip Hop Awards, and they were doing the ciphers, and and Vic Mensa said some shit in the cipher that basically, you know, kind of people called, said it was a diss, like he dissed a dead guy, but yeah, and his mom was there and stuff like that. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, I didn't, I mentioned him, but I remember him like saying like I didn't diss him, but I wasn't distracted. But 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 he does he does own up to what he was saying. He basically called him. He basically was calling out him as like his past being like an abuser or whatever, a victimizer or whatever, to women or whatever. 
And um, well, I'm because gonna, he did, right? So they're gonna <laughs> right, right. And so I don't, I don't um hate uh what Vic, what Vic said. I don't even, you know, it didn't even sit like the world felt. You know, he did it at a time when dude had just died, like a like a three two three months ago. So it was still fresh. His death was still fresh with us. You know what I'm saying? I think it was a hit more too because I think his like I said uh. XXX Tentacion's mom was at the hip hop awards. Yeah. Or the whatever. Yeah. So it's uh it was a it was a it was a it was a uh, interesting moment for him. But he talks about that on this uh album as well. But he's been controversial, but the one thing that this motherfucker can do, the one thing that he is good at is writing. He's an MC's MC, you know what I'm saying? To me. So like best song, so we got Vendetta. Uh this comes uh comes in the tape, the first song. Uh, with bars, which is the strong part of this nigga's music, man. So he he says shit on here like, uh, they get a little cheese, become rats, and end up blicking themselves. They cheddar bob. <laughs> like, like it's so it's so so quick. So so many like one liners. Or he got so, a little bit later. He says, "How the fuck they gonna cancel you when you got two bitches kissing in Venice at the B- Whitney Biannual? That's why they call it the Biannual. Like it's it's." It's it's, I it's annual. I was like, <laughs> dude, it's it's so he's so he's so he's so fucking witty and and quick with the shit too, and then he goes on later, even later to say in the same same song, um, Mensa Mansa Musa, present, past, and future, mm. fancy fancy I've been missing like a crash in the Bermuda. It's it's so and it's quick. It's quick and witty, man. Quick and witty. It's those like slick one liners that are so dope that it makes you do that classic hip hop shit like that old Rwanda shit. I spent a lot of time rewinding shit and just in awe. Like this nigga said, What, bro? <laughs> Fuck up, dog. Like he cold with that shit, man. Um and then Machiavelli again, this is probably one of the better songs because it has one of the uh one of the better beats and it has um some of the best lines. This one where he likens himself to the great Tupac. It's another bar heavy festival where he throws around amazing pros like back on my bully, don't be a matador. This ain't no red flag. Shooters in red rags, looters in aramaz, mask on, you still see that I'm the future. Like, bro, it just he don't stop. He just gets he just gets to dropping those lines on you. And when he gets into that groove, when he gets into that groove, man, he really start hitting y'all with shit. Like, it don't it don't stop once he once he finds himself with the pin. You can tell like he's a nigga that like, okay, he'll start writing. And then shit'll progressively just get better and better. Like he gets in a, I feel like when he writes, he gets in a zone and then the lines just start coming out. Cause by the end of most of his verses, you know, that's when we get into the heavy shit. Like it, you, it's crazy because, you know, a lot of rappers, um, you design their shit to come in hard and they'll give you some mid shit, midway. They start good and they finish good, but the, the middle of the verse is meh. It's like a throwaway bar. Yes, they give you rappers, and this and this is coming from somebody who's been a a, a rapper, a writer. You want to make sure you catch motherfuckers, and you want to make sure when you end that you hit motherfuckers. Yeah, you keep them holding them up. Right, and so bars that I'm like bars that, to for me bars that I've been like okay, this is kind of tight, but it's okay. Those I've shifted shit. I've I've come up with some dope shit midway and been like oh no i'm gonna i gotta end the bars with that shit when i hit a nigga with the, the one two it gotta be at the end and literally i've wrote 16s and literally literally shifted the first four shifted the last four took the, the my 12 and my 13 and moved that up like done shit where 
you gonna get the mid shit in the middle, but that them them first four that first four bars, last four bars gonna kill you. Vic Mensa just writes and builds and builds and builds and builds. It's like a climax at the like and for me, from for me. I just feel like he's just dope at that shit. Um uh he continues this verse though. He says, shit is like apartheid if you ever seen this shit is like apartheid if you've seen the south side. No upward mobility. They got niggas paralyzed. He doesn't stop there. He goes there. He's like this was this was what got me. This was what made, I really stopped the whole tape and went back on this part. He said, I'm from I'm from where Moe's push rocks like the tombs of Jesus to put new twenty twos on their coupe, selling D's, ducking twelve, undercovers looking for proof. I push off the roof like Bishop and Juice. Bro, <laughs> fucking nasty, bro. If you if you just analyze, like just break that down. Also, didn't Jesus have twelve disciples? He did. He did. He did. I didn't, so even, check. 12 I didn't even check that. But moving, moving rocks like, you know, the tomb of Jesus. To put two, new 22s on a two coupe. Selling D duck and 12. D12. Undercovers looking for proof. But he he pushed his rock off the roof. He on he's selling his shit on the roof. <laughs> Pushing off the roof like Bishop and Juice. Come on, man. Come on, man. This nigga is barred the fuck up, bro. This nigga is nice with this shit, bro. If we, if we talking about Lyricism, Vic Mensa got it, bro. Vic Mensa got it. Um, X Games, I didn't get the quotes from X Games. Just know, just know, man. X Games had so many shit. I was trying to pull this, pull this together this morning for you guys. I'm not gonna front, and it was so bar heavy that I was like, I'm just gonna mention this this song. X Games. He said, I'm gonna say this one line that I remember that that stuck with me. He said, he said. I'm with the baddest bitch. I got the pick of the litter. And I was just like, you know what? And I just, I stopped writing. I stopped doing everything that I was doing to put this together. And I just listened to the song. And I was just like, I'm not going to quote because he had so many in that one song. I was like, I'm not going to quote this shit. I'm going to just tell people that they need to go listen to the song. Then he said, I'm with a dime just trying to, he said, because he's talking about a girl in this record. He said, I'm with a dime and I'm just trying to make sense. Like, uh, I just, this, it's so slick. He's so, he's so witty, bro. X Games, go there, go there. Another song that got me though, too honest. This song is an emotional roller coaster, man. And this one really has Vic doing some some serious, um, major self reflecting here about his life and his battles with depression. Which, if you know Vic Mensa, um, if you know Vic never Mensa, met the guy, or as an artist, <laughs> if you know him as an artist or or um his music, this has been something that he's always uh talked about. His battle with depression, his use of like um, Adderall and things of that nature that he had to like, you know, take. So, but I just, uh, that was a chunk of this song. I just felt like he just really got into his emotional, his pen was great. His pen was great. And the bars aren't amazingly over the top witty, but they're so honest and they're so heavy. He said, <sighs> he said, I found a notebook in my parents' crib from when I was five. Went inside and said, I hate myself. I want to die. Cried. I couldn't even fathom a child feeling so lonely. So next time a nigga tell you about Vic, say that say they don't know me. And by this time, I want y'all to know if you listen to the record, by this time he's tearing, you can tell that he's tearing up. You can tell that he's damn near mm -hmm. in tears. And it's different when certain certain rappers do shit in the studio, you could tell it's kind of like for show. I felt like I could see this nigga crying. Cause you can hear the 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 saliva. You know how when you cry, right? You get really your sinuses kind of change up and you you know, you yeah. you get you get a lot of spit in your in your in your mouth. You just shit gets really like heavy, 
and you could hear it in his voice as he's giving you these words. It's like he felt that shit. But then he go, he goes on. He's like, um, say they don't know me. He's like, I need, I need to be loved. I need to be loved. He says it twice. I need to be loved. I need to be loved. I needed the drugs because I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I was going through it. Growing up, I was a product of my biracial confusion, neither black nor white. I guess that made me translucent. I crushed everything I touched. I fucked every slug. I couldn't bust. It was a knot in my stomach. I plummeted into my dungeon of honesty and emotion. Doesn't get... Dude, listen. If this... I'm... Okay, I was reading so I was reading so much to get into it that my words fused with his. He said, I plummeted into my dungeon and then he goes on to talk about walking over his corpse. If... This honesty and emotion doesn't get to you. I don't know what to tell you. Like, there's, I don't, I don't a lot of times feel. You don't have a soul. Right, exactly. I don't a lot of times feel connected to artists, but every time I listen to Vic Mensa, I feel something. And that is the greatest. I'll never give, a lot of people don't fuck with Vic Mensa. I'll never give, give up on Vic Mensa because more than any other MC, the only other MC I feel this much shit from. Is maybe like absolute because we were when I was listening to him, I was doing a lot of the same shit he was doing. I was very anti-government and a lot of drug use and shit. The only time I felt so much emotion in recent years was when I was listening to Jay Electronica, a written testimony. This felt I could feel this shit. And also when I was listening to the Mike Posner CD. Like I was very it's very heavy shit going on here, man. Um Overall, this tape is a showcase of how great a writer Vic Mensa is. He's definitely top tier when it comes to MC of this current generation of rappers. The same shit I say about Royce the Five Nine being good with the pen, I'm put Vic Mensa up there near Royce. Um, of course, I don't think he's as I don't oh. think I don't think anybody's as good as Royce, but I think. Wait, mentioning that in the same sentence. Yes, like yes, I, I think I think Vic I think Vic Mensa is in the similar. Um, in the similar vein of Royce, in the sense of Royce the 5'9 is the best human to ever rap to me. But he's not my favorite rap. He's in my top 10, but he's not my favorite rapper. He doesn't even make my favorite songs, my favorite music. But technique and skill-wise, he's top He's top three. To me, he's number one. He's top three ever to ever exist, skill-wise, to me. Vic Mensa is slowly inching his way up there. I feel like Vic Mensa right now, right now, Vic Mensa is top, he's between top 11 and 20 of MCs, pin and skill-wise. You understand what I'm saying? Don't I don't think he makes the best music, but pin and skill-wise, Vic Mensa is between 10 and 20, easily. Um, but, wow. but he's, so definitely top tier when it comes to MC of this current generation. But this project... While an amazing feat lyrically, it is like amazing feat in lyrical acrobatics. It's both too short. It feels incomplete. Like there are, are some stories like that the rapper that <laughs> it feels incomplete. Like there are some <laughs> stories that could have been included and that this should have been an album. I would have loved because every time I get this from Vic Mensa, I didn't feel this way when I listened to his album, the autobiography. But I felt this way when I listened to "There's a Lot Going On" from 2016. Um, I, that was a lot going on. Um, was an amazing fucking CD and I felt every song I felt everything every fucking track on there it was like seven tracks again I felt every piece of it um and here it lacks production wise those three tracks I gave you those three tracks I gave you really I mean they're the three tracks because they're the best three 
the best three here, and those beats aren't amazing. That's not Hit Boy's best beat. It was a nice little, you know, it's not, none of the production here stands out to me as like, oh shit, you know what I mean? So it lacked there. Um, the project will definitely touch you, and if you're not familiar with Vic Mensa, but you love lyrics, it could make you a fan, but it's not hitting in every single area. He picks beats that rock well with his voice, but that are not all the way there, and it leaves me wanting a little bit more bang <laughs> for my buck. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get this one, uh, just ba mostly based on lyrics, I'm going to get this one an eight. I'm going to eight, and it really... It, the the eight is being wow. really carried. It's being carried. It's being carried by lyrics. But really, I was I was gonna give it a seven point five, but Vic Mensa is just such a good writer that it, something about it. I'm like, damn, this is good rap. He's a good rapper. I'm really fucking with it rap wise. Um, it, that he that he pushes it a lot over. He makes you feel songs that otherwise I wouldn't have felt. There are songs on here where I'm like, this beat is so off kilter. But damn it, I'm. Like he's so good at centering it all through his lyrics, so I gave it an eight, which was it was which was a rough which was a rough eight, <laughs> but I couldn't go lower than that though. Uh, Cody Russell, what are your thoughts, man? I gave it a seven. Um, okay. It was okay. just over mediocre for me. Ooh, okay. Um, it wasn't terrible, but there's some songs that. I know he's a good writer, and I, I don't know if you guys ever saw him on um, Wallin' and Out, but he was, like, going hard freestyling and, like, attack. Like, it was crazy off the dome like that. But, um, I don't know, this was just kind of... Some stuff, like, courses and stuff like that, uh, Dirt On My Name, just seemed... It seemed like it, it was almost good, or um, could... He just didn't push that extra, you know, extra foot or something like that. Like, it was so mundane... Or, you know, it was just, like, missing something. Yep, yep. I feel that. I feel that for sure. No, I, fe I felt that a lot. Like, 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 like I said, really, it felt like a 7.5. It felt very similar to, um, very similar to a, a written testimony in the sense of how it made me feel and shit. The only reason it got an 8 over written testimony was because it was a little bit, written testimony musically was off. Sonically, this was a little bit better sonically than it, and Vic is a little bit, little bit better of a writer than Jay Electronica. I feel like, I feel like Jay, I feel like Jay Electronica is top tier, but Vic Mensa is something about the way this motherfucker kicked. Like his shit is, it seems effortless. It seems effortless and filled with emotion. So that's why I, I go with him as a being a little bit better of a lyricist than Jay. Yeah. I feel that. I just feel like um, Vic Mensa is kind of like. He, he's very creative and a good writer, but it almost seems like I get the impression that he writes something down and he looks at it as like, that's really cold. And then he goes to the studio when it's like, okay, but write like 10 more verses and then pick, like throw three of them away, you know, keep narrowing it down because you can do a lot better. Like that was good, but I know you can do better, like the potential, you know? Damn. Okay. All right. All right. This is a lot. I've never gotten this much out of you, Cody. I like this. I'm, gl I'm glad Vic made... Mensa, whether you like it or not, I'm glad he made you like really think about, you know, think about that. That's crazy. I didn't, I didn't think about it like in the sense of he, you know, could you think he could be even better? Is what you're saying? Well, because I, yeah, I've always like followed him in the background. He's not like a very well known, you know, artist, but he's, I know his potential and he's really creative and good. Yeah, 
Russ, how you feel about it, man? <clears throat> well, um, uh, I thought it was a uh, pretty decent. Um, thought it was short, like you said. Um, I told you I, I found my my top three um, songs, um, and this is in no particular order, but um, "Dirt on My Name," "X Games," and "Rebirth" were like my top three of this album, if I can put it that way. Um, he gives me kind of um, Drake meets uh, J. Cole vibes as far as his cadence and the way he raps. Okay. Um, one of the of the comments I heard uh, or read on, on YouTube was, uh, um, I think it was on Dirt On My Name. It was like, he's got a similar rapping style to Drake, but just better lyrics. And I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> his, his, uh, his lyrical... Um, ability is, has always been um, fairly top notch. Like I, I, I give him his due. Um, I've never been a fan of him, say, but it wasn't because like I didn't like his music or um, I thought he was a, a terrible uh, MC or anything like that. It's just that honestly, when um, he gets brought up in the conversation, usually I'm listening to something else, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna get to that, and. I rarely get to that. Um, he, he reminds me of like a Chicago's Vince Staples. Oh, mm. that's ooh. Okay, Cody. Okay, Cody. I could. I, ooh. Okay. Okay. I like that. 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 Yeah. But you know I me. Mean, whenever I'm listening to um, CDs and, and songs and and, and uh, whether it's rappers, whether it's R&B, whether it's whatever genre. Um, I got to vibe with the music first before I can even get into the lyrics. Um, and that's mm-hmm. why those three songs really popped out to me because I liked the way the music was constructed and, and conducted with those three songs. Um, not saying the rest of the songs were, were bad uh, by any means. Um, those three just really kind of stood out to me. Um, and then going back and re-listening and, and hearing what he's actually saying, um, he paints a really good picture. And like you said, it, it progresses to something. And I think that's why I, I like him as a, 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 a lyricist. Um, would he be one of my favorites? I don't know yet. Maybe have to listen to him more. Um, especially since you're like putting him in the same league as, or in the same arena, I should say, as Royce. Because um, Royce is one of my favorite lyricists. Um, him and Fonte kind of like are the two cops. Um, if we're not like counting Eminem in there too, because right. that would be probably my big three. Right. Uh, and then you know, I'm, of course, I like Absol and whatnot. Yeah. So this is a this was a a good, I guess, reintroduction to it for me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was like I said, it was a decent album. I'd give it somewhere in between a seven and an eight. Yeah, I think so I really. Not, not average, but not like the yeah. best. I think he could do better. Is what mm-hmm. I, I kind of get over. You know, overall. Okay, you know what? As a, as we as we sit here, I'm gonna do something that I've never done. Mm. Are you gonna change your score? I'm gonna I'm gonna drop this to a seven point five. It's it's uh because I've been I've been, CS is like and I wasn't here for that. I'm gonna and I'm gonna I'm never doing this again because right. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you something. First of all, I I like this album. But I remember I kind of, uh, mm-hmm. this is just some behind the scenes NPC shit for you listeners. 
I've been joke. I joked with Cody, and I was like, I never thought this Cody, but I was like, this is it's this Big Sean is good, but it's not better than Vic. I never thought that. I, I honestly never thought that. I was just I wanted to do the I wanted to get I the reaction. You're just you. TSing me, right? Right. I wanted to get the reaction. Because I'm like, the, to me, this Big Sean album that yeah. we're gonna get to next week is yeah, a ten for me. Next, it's next. You ain't gotta tell. Oh, cut that out. Damn. What? I mean, what? Tell, you ain't gotta tell. Who we no. listen? Um, what? Little Kim, Big Sean. Um. So so. I didn't. I don't think this album is better than Big Sean. I, I'm gonna lower this because musically he's not all the way there. He's just such a good. I just like him as a lyricist so much that I feel the songs. But it's just like a written testimony. It's just like that where the, the good lyrics don't save this sonically for me. And so this really is a. This is really a simple. I don't want to be there. Are other eights that I've given, and I don't want this compared to those eights because it's not an eight. It's a. It's definitely a. It's a seven point five. Seven point five. So I'm gonna go ahead and change it. But I want y'all Peer to know. Your pressure doesn't work for McCool. No, 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 no. It wasn't. No, it really wasn't that. It's I when I walked into this room this morning. I think it's, when, when I walked into the, when I walked into this room this morning, I said seven point five. And as I sat down, I'm like, damn, this could be an eight though. Damn, fuck it. I changed. I spent all morning bouncing back and forth, and I sat down. and I was like, I'm just say it's an eight. I'm just go with eight because it was so it was so emotionally touching to me. And as I'm saying, as I'm doing the review, I'm like, it's really a 7.5. It's really a 7.5, and I got to stick with that. It's a 7.5. That's the final, the final rating. I won't ever do this again. Um, and I got to get back into my. I got to get back. 7.75. Into... <laughs> <laughs> 7.8. Three, 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 three. Repeat. Seven point seven three three. Um, I um, nah, it's seven. It's a 7.5, and it's um. It's again. It's a solid, solid project. Solid body of work. I got a y'all. Another behind the scenes NPC shit is my pod has been kind of uh, poking me about my ratings, and so I gotta f- focus back oh. and stop letting them stop letting them drip because I'm like, damn, should this be this high? Damn, should this be this low? Ooh, like now, because it's according to your own criteria. So that now you said. I'm going. I'm going back to getting in my own. But head. I believe. But I believe a portion of that is also how you feel like yeah you gotta you know measure it up against these certain things but at the end overall you gotta give what you overall thought about it so that criteria may be still there but what you feel about the album overall yeah. should still have some merit right yeah. so say, what, say what you what say we... and stick to it yeah <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go ahead and give this a 7.5 um because it is it is there solidly but uh i will never change i will never go back on the rating um, I'm only doing that because, again, like I said, no, but that's not true either because we just talked about how. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and gonna go I was gonna, and I was gonna, I was gonna speak on that. I'm not doing that because I said what I. I'm not doing that shit because I said what I said. <laughs> that's why I'm not. I was gonna talk to y'all about. I was gonna leave that as, as the NPC outtake on our in our chat and say right. I'm not going back. Um, but, but I think you know sometimes you do have to revisit things and be like, did I really give this this when such and such such and such? It could be a sign of the times that we're kind of living in. You know, it's it's many different factors that kind of. Yeah. Coming to why you feel certain things. Yeah, um, and one of the things this on conversation. Your... Sorry, go on. We've had this conversation regarding like um, what are classics and what are timeless, and that mm-hmm. honestly can change depending on um, many different factors. So I don't yeah. think that you should just kind of hold yourself in this position of I'm not going to change because we grow as people, we grow as humans, we grow mentally, we grow emotionally. So there may be things that change why. We feel this way about a certain album, and that's, crazy. that's exactly what I was saying. Because you, you, one of the things that you have on your criteria is does it like hold up to like today? Like if we listen to this album twenty years from now, kind of thing. So, 
Yeah, right. Stay with the times and stuff. Man, so it's right. not just, and it's not even just like, oh, I changed my mind on this rating. Like I said, because I've even mentioned like it's growing and stuff like that. So you could say like at when this came out, I gave it this. Um, mm-hmm. So that holds up then. And now at the end of the year, I am going to give it this. So it's like two McCoy ratings for the same album kind of thing. Not like I'm changing my mind. That even gives you. It even gives you a, a way to like do like an average score. You know what I mean? Like I eventually gave it this, and now looking back, and now I see it this. But I guess with those combined, it would give an overall rating of such and such. You know what oh, I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah, that's that's dope. I might have to. I said that too. He the mean, median, and mode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you know what's crazy? As we're talking about this before we leave the music tech segment, um, this week was the the 13 year anniversary of Kanye West's album Graduation. Yeah, I've good morning now. Woo! That is so. There was a there was a period. Um, any anybody who knows me knows Kanye West is in, he's in one of the pinnacle artists for me. Um, though graduation and eight oh eight and heartbreak from like oh seven to oh nine, I was so in the other stuff, and I was heavy in the Kanye West in high school. I graduated in oh seven. And I don't know. I was going through a lot of shit in my life uh, at between 07 and 09. It was just, like, really weird. And I was not really in tune with what Kanye West was doing. I didn't. I wasn't there for the, for the graduation. I didn't really sit. I heard the records because they were everywhere, but I didn't sit with the album and, and play it like I had done College Dropout and Late Registration. Same for 808s. Mm-hmm. I heard. I loved, I loved Love Lockdown, and, you know, I would ride when that came on the radio. On the radio. And I've heard all those records today, but I didn't sit with that album. So those two albums never held. Like graduation is people people put that up in his top three, and I've always be like, I don't know, I can't. And I've heard all the records, but I'm like, I don't can't because I never sat with it. So so last night I was washing dishes. I know I've done this with 808s. I did this with 808s about five years ago, mm-hmm. um, where I kind of like sat with it for a, like a for. A day and I just listened to it and it was and then I could hear what had happened what had been done with 808s was important for rappers to progress and it really kind of helped to usher in um, a lot of rappers being comfortable with the harmony sing-songy auto-tuny shit you know I don't think we get it I don't think we get future if you don't get like 808s even even Frank Ocean talks about how important 808s and heartbreak was for him graduation I said with that last night and while while a great while I think it's a great album, I don't think it's his top one of his top albums. But I think that would have been different for me if I had set with it when it came out. If I if I had lived through with it when it was important, you know. So I don't know. Going, it's really weird because it's just it's funny to me that we're talking about going back and how we feel about things because there were albums that I think that are amazing that I was a baby when they came out, like uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. I think that's an amazing album, but I was like three when that came out. So you know I had to listen to it and go back to it in order for me to do that. Graduation, I but listened to it. the like, wheels and wheels are on the bus joint, man. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I just, uh, I think Kanye's graduation was solid, though. And then I heard a Wayne verse that I, in the, on Barry Bonds and I never paid attention to it. And I'm like, this motherfucker was getting <laughs> off. Like, what the fuck, bro? Damn. And this is, be- this is before he dropped. This is this is mixtape dedication to Carter to Wayne. This is when he was in, when he was getting the shit off. This is before he even dropped uh, Carter three. This is like this is this is the mixtape Wayne who was getting his footing and people were starting to respect him. And he go he goes on one of the biggest rappers 
um, albums and gives us that verse, that shit was fucking bananas. And I, so I'm like looking at that, and he and Kanye, what's the way he was kicking the shit was like, damn, it was really, it was heavy. Kanye West had some of his best bars in that on that album compared to, and I've listened to Kanye West first two albums religiously. And I'm like, this motherfucker was more on here on this on this shit. Like when he was talking, he had a line in there. He was talking about the park. He was like, "I'm hood, the parkers, like all that shit." <laughs> I forgot what song that was. Uh, but that whole little like verse, he was like, he was just like bouncing on that shit. I'm like, ooh, okay, okay, easy. I feel it. But yeah, so that I just <laughs> I just uh randomly took an extra ten minutes on my segment. I'm sorry about that. Just to tell y'all, um, uh, <laughs> going back might be important because you know I think I need to start appreciating graduation look because I don't. Motherfuckers talk about how classic it is, and I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> he got a lot of other good stuff, but I think it's because I didn't sit with it. You know what I'm saying? Same thing, 808s. I know you can listen to it and tell what it affected, but I didn't sit with it when it came out, so I I'm, didn't give it its just due. I might have to go back to Yeezus, but I doubt I'm going to do that. Anywho, it's time for... I thought it was, thought it was okay, honestly. <laughs> Yeezus? I thought it was okay. Yeah, man, um, that's not the one. That's not the one. My, my, my favorite has always been late registration. That was just the, yes, the album man. for me. Yes, so. man. Late registration is the one, and I, you know what's crazy? Late re- okay, mm-hmm. late registration is my favorite Kanye West album for sure. That's not my top five albums, as y'all know, because y'all been listening to me talk about it for the last two years. That's in my top five albums, but my second favorite Kanye West album, and I, I feel like people gonna get on my ass for this, is actually the Life of Pablo. <laughs> I think that motherfucker is. <laughs> I think that motherfucker is startled. It is the best dude. That nigga was in a zone. I don't care if he stopped taking his pills or whatever the fuck he was doing when he was doing that Dude, shit. That was amazing. And that's what you and I said was, was the uh, the King uh, Jesus King album that we were looking for was the Life of Pablo. The Life of Pablo is, oh my god, dude. When when uh, what's her name? Um, Kelly Price. She does the singing, um, in Ultralight Beams. I cried when I heard that shit. I broke down. I was like, damn it, bitch, why you do this to me? Like Jesus, Jesus is King is King came out, and then McCoy and I went to Mayfair to see the movie uh, at the theater of Jesus is King, okay. and, and McCoy and I left the theater listening to Life of Pablo, <laughs> right? Instead of Jesus is King, because that oh man, dude, we all know. Yes, so coming back to albums, that's the Vic Mensa. You get a seven point five, and maybe I do need to come back to albums, but we are gonna worry about that later. And now it's time for. Reciprocity. That was tight. That was tight because I wanted you to. I wanted you to. I was gonna keep singing and I wanted you to do like the. I start making a beat. I thought I was gonna get into that and I was like, just keep singing. Maybe you'll do it. Maybe you'll do it. Seven. Flip mode. Low replay value. All right. <laughs> it's not something I could uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because like uh Bust Rhymes is like my dude growing up as far as like yes. his different albums. Yes. Um I I really I really liked like I wanna say my maybe his first three or four. And I was I was just rocking with dude for like forever. City level event was like my, yeah. my stuff for the yeah. longest time. Dog. Um, yes, yes. Bus Bus is definitely one of my favorite MCs. I remember Nas, I had to get into Nas as a teenager, even though he was rocking through all the night. I, it took years because I was stuck on what Buster, what Buster Rhymes did for videos and the way his music bounced to me. I was stuck on that and Eminem. Yeah. That, but I would, yeah. I would trade off between those two growing up because I'm like, this motherfucker is rhyming. And then I remember Buster Rhymes was the first tape I ever bought. 
I used to talk, so my first yeah. my first album was a uh, my first album was a uh, Ludacris's first album back for the first time love that shit, um but the first piece of music I ever actually bought Walgreens on Fifty Second and Capitol I was up here with my grandma because we lived in Madison, and I, and, I, <laughs> and I went to that motherfucking store and they let me buy he, he had a three Snickers he had a Snickers. <laughs> And a twist. And a twist. And a twist. <laughs> and, I, and they let me get the tape. Because the, the, the tape was uh, um, explicit. Fired up, the mm-hmm. remix or whatever, where he sampled the Knight Rider beat. Oh, yeah. You know that shit? That was my shit. Chicken dance? I had that tape. and I was that tape, buddy. What's funny is I like that <laughs> because shit. I heard Tim and Magoo do theirs. Um, what was their song? Uh, Tim and Magoo. Um, they did. Uh, um, was that it? Where they use that? No, no. It was it was the one where they used the uh, the Night Rider beat too. And I I was like, did they do this at the same time? Did they not know this was going on? Right, right. right. Um, Man. Let me see. Uh, I can't remember. Um, and Russell Prosty turned into the music segment part two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, clock strikes. Clock strikes. You said it's called what? That's what it's called. Clock strikes. Clock strikes. Ooh, I'm gonna have to go. I think I remember that song. I'm gonna have to go back to that today, boy. Damn, damn, you taking me, you taking me back with that that, uh, that Busta Rhymes reference, though. <laughs> Man, um, because Busta Rhymes was the first like CD or tape. I think I, I think I got the tape that I was allowed to buy that had that explicit. Yeah. Um, content and I bought it myself. So that's why it really stood out to me. Yep, and I yep. think after that one, the next one I really went to purchase was late registration. Because um, oh, I heard somebody bumping We Major, and I'm like, that was... That was <laughs> yeah. yeah. We Major? Yeah. 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 <laughs> huh. So how you feeling? How you feeling today, Russell? What we even talk about, man? Man, um... <laughs> it's really, 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 um... Like, in the news and social media and just everyday life, been really thinking about communication. So um, many times I feel like there's a couple of hindrances to real communication, and we usually assign them to certain traits or states of mind, uh, namely feelings, emotions, um, pride, uh, even to some degree, arrogance and elitism. Um, And I think perception and perspective also add fuel to the fire um, or provide the means to snuff out or prevent the burn, as it were, um, before there's a raging blaze. Um, I think we attach so many different concepts to basic communication. Um, the sharing of information should be simple, but we have so many altercations, brawls, um, injuries, angry outbursts, uh, all the way to the far side, um, ranging with uh, property damage and um, even harm and murder. Um, I know it sounds extreme, but unfortunately, as we can see, these things happen, you know, um, the whole Tory Lanez and Megan the Stallion thing, the, um, the different ways that protesters, uh, excuse me, protesters are looked at and how they're treated from state to state, um, there's a breakdown in communication. Um, the thing that's being communicated is that we're doing this in a peaceful way to promote um, equality. Um, we're not trying to take something from someone else, but they're looked at as being aggressive, and that's because we, we're pushing emotions and pride into these things. So, let's really talk about it. Um, why do we communicate? Well, as I want a cheeseburger. 
I had the cheese right looking ass. Um, I I mean you have to communication is that it, it's how you get. I don't want to use communication in the definition of communication, but um, communication <laughs> is necessary. We communicate in order to convey messages to one another of things that need to be known and or said. So that's why um, to relay information. I mean, that's why we communicate. Right. To communitize. It's to, do it. <laughs> it's to share information. Um, do we communicate to connect? And how exactly do we do that? Um, many people, um, some may call them experts, some may call them uh, radicals, some may call them whatever they want to, um, they would contend that communication is not connecting. It's not the same thing. Um, we've spoken about connection versus attachment in the past regarding like um, different relationships of all types, whereas friendships, uh, a more intimate relationship, even work relationships. Um, there has to be some form of connection or attachment in order for that relationship to grow, to foster, to be um, in a in a in a realm that that works. Um, the the experts would buy that communication is simply just sharing that information, and that we are guilty of tainting this simple process due to other elements we include in the message. Um, Non-verbally, we actually speak more than our mouths move, um, which can shift the entire atmosphere and perception of the uh, the confabulation, if you will, the, the conversation. Right. Yeah. Non-verbals, non-verbals are <clears throat> make or break, man. Because sometimes motherfuckers won't speak, won't even take the time to speak if the non-verbal is cued them to do otherwise. Like, like if some shit is all, like, the vibe, you just, you go automatically the other way, man. For sure, for sure. That's crazy. Why your bro so high? <laughs> right. <laughs> Why are you shocked? That's what she drew. That's what she drew. Put the Crayola down and speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> you have been the same since you got those markers. Sharp um, <laughs> E, Sharp D, Sharp F, Lesson Five. <laughs> let's, let's talk about one of those elements: um, feelings um, slash emotions. So many would suggest the feelings are the cause for why uh, one there's a breakdown in communication, and two the reason so many simple conversations. And in violence or pain, whether physical, emotional, etc., um, these same experts support the idea that feelings are used as tools to connect, not communicate, as they are used to move people through their own feelings, or with them being sympathetic or empathetic to the feelings presented um, to cause this connection. <clears throat> I honestly feel the description of a connection. Um, this this description as as far as just emotions being being something that moves um, kind of cheapens the whole process. As a connection, in my opinion, is not simply establishing that hey, those feelings you feel, I felt them also at one time, or I feel them now in this shared moment, or we're connected. You know what I mean? Huh. I feel like it. You know. It, it's more than just that. I, I feel that it, you know, it resonates with you for that initial moment, of course, but it resonates to the point that um, while we are mirroring our memories, because you know we we have memories of things that we're remembering the memory of. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> a lot of memes there. 
We continue to change and to warp the actual event that happens to tie it to some nostalgic feelings or to make it better than what it was because of either our connection to that person or our connection to that moment. Um, but as feelings tend to do, <clears throat> especially um, when we try to communicate, they escalate things, um, whether it be towards the standard rage, violence, uh, or, or sadness, maybe depression, um, or even physical escalation, um, um, which could be intimately or playfully, um, as the rappers say, words of weapons, made even sharper by the emotional grindstone. Hmm. That is definitely true. That is definitely true. So, feelings clash, emotions guide the conversation in different directions or convince the mind of something that was not even said or even hinted at. Um, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people, and when I check back on them because of the conversation, they repeat things back to me, and I'm like, I never said that, yo. <laughs> like, yeah. <that's> <laughs> wow. Damn. Are they all women? <laughs> no, I'm just, that was a joke. Yes. <laughs> no, but that no, yeah, that is that intuition. Is, you're right. That is perce- that is a perception thing where and you know, I've had these conversations with 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 both men and women where like you said, we're remembering memories. We are remembering memories. And so motherfuckers will be like, "You said," and I'm like, "That's not what I said." But even the tone in which you say something too, because this is why communication mm-hmm. can be vo- volatile. I might have said something, and I thought I was in a joking tone. But, you know, sometimes, you know, depending on how you joke, you can joke rough. Like, sometimes I, when I chop with y'all, you know what I'm saying? Like, we might rib each other or whatever. And y'all know I'm joking, Onions, but I might be, peppers. but I might get loud, you know, I might get rough in tone. That joke yeah, might not necessarily work. Some or, might call it loud. Yeah. <laughs> some might call it increased decibels, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> a megaphone to the mouth of somebody people. call it Mach 5 <laughs> in sound <laughs> I thought that was a speak it's... whatever um, <laughs> um, but, but, but that might not be uh, taken over the same you know taken the same way with my girlfriend she might right. you know feel like I'm being aggressive to her which which right. is which has happened? I'm just a loud speaker, and she's like, I don't, you know, I don't, and, and like your tone, and I'm like, okay, let me dial it back a little bit. I'm not trying to be mean. I was joking, but you know, I get loud. Then, I, I get loud. Then read my bro. words. You know me by now. <laughs> so, so, but no, that's that. And that's the crazy thing. That's the crazy thing about communication because that stuff will get like you said. People will repeat stuff to you, and you didn't even realize that it came off. As the mm-hmm. message was supposed, you were trying to create a message of positivity or, or a message of funniness or something to uplift, and people took that as you, you know, digging into them. So I've definitely right. been there, definitely been there. That's where right. um, Siri and I really, and we, uh, I guess, kind of like what I'm doing right now. We respect when each other really stops and does not say anything so they have time to think and collect their thoughts to say something carefully or if they mm-hmm. if we say something we try to back up or explain what we say so you know it's not misconstrued like i'm not 
I know it could come off sounding like I'm thinking or saying this, but I'm actually trying to say this when I say it, you know? Right, right, right. right, right. Yeah. I get you. Yeah, I might still. And I think I, I think that's mm-hmm. um, what what I um, what I try to to do nowadays is um, especially when I'm when I'm speaking to someone and, and the situation or the, the conversation has gone quite serious. Um, what I try to do is is really focus on what they're saying because that's honestly difficult when you're used to um, defending yourself when you're used to responding to people. Um, it, it's very difficult to just sit there and listen to them and really take in what they're saying. Um, what I try to do, and this is what helps me um, kind of focus in on what they're saying, is really listen to what they're saying and find a way to summarize it back to them so that I'm taking in all this information and then I'm giving them a summary of what I heard to make sure I've, I've listened properly and their, um, their point has reached me because I think mm-hmm. that's what really causes a lot of misunderstandings and causes things to escalate, is that not that we're not listening because we are, but we may get the wrong impression of what someone is saying and what they're trying to convey to us. Um, I think that's where a lot of the breakdown in conversations happen is because we're so focused on, well, but, but no, you need to hear me because I, I, I need to be writing this, um, or I need you to hear my point too. Right. Uh, and I think that that does more harm than 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 good. Um, the the funny thing is, is I've had this this kind of conversation with people, um, both male and female, um, regarding um, just conversation, especially when it comes to text. Um, when it's something serious, when it's something that needs to be discussed, I'm like, yo, either we need to talk in person or we need to call each other because texting does the conversation um, an injustice because you can't tell tone by text. You can only mm-hmm. infer or assume what the tone is and usually <laughs> that assumption is incorrect. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've, I was going to say, I feel like um, so on both sending and receiving end, and I mean verbal talking by that, um, there's a difference between hearing and listening you can hear someone but you're not listening to the message that they're saying so Mm -hmm. i could tell and the same point as like when you are conveying a message you have to make sure that you're getting your message point across not just the emotions or getting your emotions construed to have that be the overpowering part i could tell mccoy hey man i don't like when you be yelling at me or something like that really that's like you're loud and to me, like you could say what you say, nice, dark, blah, blah, blah. It's not how I say it, it's hypothetical, but yeah, he right could now. be taking that as, oh, you think I'm yelling at you? I'll show you yelling at me. Do you, yep. you know what? It's like, yep. because yep. he's not and listening then, to my message. He's yep. just. And that's. Hearing. That's actually, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to cut you off, Cody, my bad. Um, no, you're fine. You're fine. That's, that's actually what I had to come to and learn in my relationship. A lot of it was, a lot of it, like, sometimes it's like, you feel like you're being attacked and I'm like, damn, don't you just love the way the fuck, like, love the way I am? And it's a lot of that shit where you kind of have to go, she's not maybe asking you to change, she's not asking you to be, she's just asking you to when giving stuff to her or or coming to her, maybe be a little bit more gentle or a little bit more softer just for her. Mm -hmm. She's not saying, like, be quiet all the time, but if if it's something that I need to convey that's going to be emotionally heavy or something, um, you know, try to can, maybe I can I use a little bit of a different tone so that it doesn't so that she doesn't feel hurt or 
attack. Yeah. And that's I think that's right, when you, right. that's where you get into these modes where I think that's self growth because if if mm-hmm. Cody or TS or one of you guys said, "Hey McCoy, we know you loud and shit, but when we do this, can you please dial it back <laughs> so that way you know it it doesn't people don't you know mistake the message." And right. I I feel like old me was like, well, motherfucker, I'm just going to do it with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, old me is like, you can't tell me what to do. But it's it's taking some self-reflection and growth to know that it's not necessarily that I'm being attacked, but certain people need things differently. And that's just truth. That's just yeah. truth, man. How you give the yeah. message to, even even in, in advertising, whatever the fuck, how you give a message to certain people, you might, they other people might not accept it. Other people might not like that. And so you got to, you know, you can't please everybody, but you can to those who you love give them the opportunity to, you know, see all the avenues of all sides of you and not be one way with them. You know, you don't necessarily have to be stuck in one way. We are all, all humans and we mm-hmm. have layers. So, And you see how that that uh, emotional shit confuses and, and, and corrupts communication? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. There's one thing I had to learn from one of my past relationships is that I don't get to disregard someone's feelings for what I've said or how I act. And that's really that really was was something difficult for me to understand because I was operating from a logic and science point where you know this 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 and this and they were like you know but I feel like this and I would always be disregarding their feelings and I don't get to do that Um, in the same token that I learned how to tell people like yo because I feel like this you can't disregard that we have to come to some agreement about. This, this feeling that I'm feeling because I respect your feelings. I want you to respect mine as well. And so I had to really, really learn how to do that. Like if mm-hmm. saying a certain thing uh, made my past, someone in my past be like, yo, that's, I, you know, that's really hurtful for you to say that. It doesn't mean that I should be like, no, what I mean is such and such, such. No, it should be that I, I go to them and like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's talk about that. How, how am I hurting? Because I'm, you know, that's not my intention. But I want to understand how your feelings are connected to this thing I said. Because I want to be better at conveying how I feel and what I think without disregarding how you feel and not taking that into account. Right. And right, yeah, that is so true. And a lot of th- something that I'm trying to work with too lately. And it's, I, I feel like, from in my shoes. Um, like 1% or so like this applies in my relationship, but more so as trying to parent a five-year-old, you know, mm-hmm. but it's the, and, and, and I feel like McCoy is going to struggle with this and I am too, but it's that not everything has to be based off of logic. Cause that's mm-hmm. what I struggle with. Like I like, but logically this only makes sense. It does. I don't know. It doesn't, that doesn't make sense. If I, <laughs> it does, only, but does like, not compute, bitch. Let, me, <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you, Cody. Um, that's, that's a man thing. <laughs> that is, that is a guy thing because <laughs> I can't tell you how many times and <laughs> just full disclosure, my dad comes to me like, and I'm like, I understand you. G. <laughs> like, I understand you. I'm really on the same page with you, but you know, we gonna do this this way because you know, <laughs> happy life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my God, dog! Yeah. Why? And then, ooh. <laughs> I, I'm trying to get. I'm trying and you to. You know, 
you know, that actually ties it to, that actually ties it to my next thing, um, which is pride, because that's, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what causes a lot of things. It's the ego, G. Um, <clears throat> men have ego. Lego my ego. a great ego, which is, okay, so let's, let's go ahead and talk about it. Uh, <laughs> so, fucking this. Fuck this segment. Well, no, this is, goes with, this like, is the fucked up story of the week. Too. Yeah. yeah, choosing your battles. Uh, and I think that's a part of pride too, because it's like pride is like, no, we're going to get this right because logic and, and science, and I'm right, and da 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 da. Uh, and sometimes you got to let that die, like, because it's not important mm-hmm. in the moment. Like, what does being right do for, <laughs> your, for, your, for, your, for your life? You know what I'm saying? Don't you want to be happy? <laughs> Don't you want to be happy? Logically, I want to be right. <laughs> logically, I want to be happy. Oh, That's man. Me. Like, I'm going to be miserable and right. Y'all going to know I'm right. I'd rather be miserable and right, bitch, because you don't understand. <laughs> well, Corey, let me put it to a perspective for you. I know, because like I said, it's different in my shoes, but like, I tell Tamagotchi, <laughs> I go in your room and put your sandals on and put a sweatshirt on and he comes out and he has sandals on and no sweatshirt and I'm thinking what I just told you sandals and sweatshirt it's not hard it's two things what do you oh and right, right. <laughs> but it's you know logic come on it's only two things but, uh, but then it's uh what's her name Siri saying you know he's five <laughs> He's, right. I'm like, I don't need to hear that excuse. I told a five-year-old to put his sandals on. <laughs> I told this child to do a thing. <laughs> he thinks. But it's, to me, logically, I tell you one, you know, it's it's very simple, Ebola. But on the other hand, really, it's like, he's five. We're all human to err. When's, do you remember when you were five? Because I sure don't. <laughs> right. Um, that's right. Then that's funny because... Because I'm just thinking about a five-year-old putting on his sandals and shoes. Like, it might have took him a second to get the sandal part right. And he probably forgot yep. about the whole sweatshirt. Damn it. Damn it. Well, and, I, <laughs> and I can walk past, go to the kitchen, hear him playing with toys, open up the door. What are you doing? I told uh, sandals and sweatshirt. Oh, I, sorry. I was just playing with to- Okay, put your sandals and sweatshirt on. Comes <laughs> out with just sweatshirt. Like, man, why do you guys swimsuit on, too? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no, Russell's right though. It's like a lot of things. You got to put your pride away, and it's just you don't have to be right all the time if you want to. Just let it go. Just let it go, man. Just let it go. Is it really that important? Is it not? Right. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> so stress, <laughs> lack of focus, or weakening of emotional fortitude can cause a momentary lapse in judgment, leading to any of the, the outcomes I've previously stated. One of the most dangerous of these emotions or passions is pride. Uh, as we were talking about, pride, yo, is really something else. Pride changes the communicative flow and disrupts the connection. It can stir up things that are not there and refuse to let things be. Um, pride can prevent um, communication, thus killing the connection. Um, and pride doesn't even have to speak things loudly or at loud at all. Um, the little proud of us and actions we have make hella noise, no matter how much they're, they're muffled. Um, and it's funny because pride and disrespect <laughs> often go hand in hand, yet also stand at odds with each other. So what I mean by that is that like pride will show its face when someone assumes they're being disrespected, and it will cause a breakdown in communication that may lead to an altercation or 
pride can also allow someone to be so puffed up that they show disrespect to other um, other people, um, and once again cause a misunderstanding or violent interaction. To which I ask, why do we automatically go to the extreme due to pride? Mm-hmm. Why are, are our egos so fragile that we are ready to die for moments that will pass and be nothing in the next? Like we'll look back and laugh, like, dude, I got upset over that, and I was just right. to say. Why do we attribute so much value to meaningless things? Yeah, and it takes right. It takes so much when you're in the moment of something to like think outside of like perspectively or plays devil's advocate when you're in the moment. It's easier to do that afterwards, hindsight. Mm -hmm. But if you can, like, it's it's it can be difficult. But there's times when Siri will say something to me, and immediately in my head. I'm taking offense, but then I'll, if I'm lucky enough, I'll stop and think to myself, what does she really mean? Because I shouldn't be taking offense if it's from her, because no one, like if she loves me that much, she wouldn't be mm-hmm. being that rude to me. So let me break down what she's trying to say or ask her. And it turns out I'm wrong that she was actually saying something else. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. My, right. And my, see that emotions go there and they push mm-hmm. everything out the window. Go ahead, McCoy. I was going to say I, that uh, that ha- happens to me a lot, too, where I'm like, it's, you know, she had to tell me a couple times, like, I love you. I would not be, I'm not trying to disrespect you or be mm-hmm. belittle you or anything. She's like, I love you. I would not cross you, like, in that manner. So there have been a lot of times where I'd be like, ready to be like, what the fuck? But <laughs> you got to be like, hold on, wait. Okay. Okay. What's, what's, what's going As much as you... Much as you want to say what the fuck, it's a lot of times you gotta be like, okay, what's going on? What's going on here? And then then she breaks it down. It's like this made me feel like this, but I'm not trying to come at you or like I'm like okay, okay, okay. Oh, now I'm a dick. Got it. Okay. Well, hey. Um, (laughs) Or you maybe just felt that in the moment, and you know what I'm saying, and you have to own up to that. And it may have come from somewhere that was incorrect, or it's really how you feel and allowing yourself to have those feelings but still talk to your partner to discuss and diffuse the situation is a sign of maturity, is a sign of growth, is a sign that you're working together in this relationship to make it stronger. So, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to necessarily doubt yourself about, oh, man, I was just, you know what I'm saying? Um, It's a part of how the relationship uh, dynamics work. Yeah, and talking is one thing, to, for, but talking about talking or talking yeah. to your significant other about how to, you're talking to each other, it's... Mm-hmm. I never thought that would be as difficult as it is. Like to, Talking is not bad, but talking <laughs> is just one layer of it because you're just getting your shit out. Talking you talk about like, how to talk. Right, talking <laughs> about how to talk is like, that is the most difficult thing. It's like, damn... You didn't got me to open up. Now I'm not opening up, right? Like, but but it's that's true. That well, you're trying to push on a pull door, you dummy. Right. <laughs> right. Well, that's one thing. I honestly, I don't feel like if you get this idea, which you probably, it's uh, a good challenge. Because um, I thought like, you know, if I say something and she goes like, "Why are you saying that so rudely?" And I'm like, "I'm not. I'm saying that how." I'm saying that. You're not going right. to tell me how I... You know, this is McCoy. You're yep, like, nope, yep, not yep, going to tell yep. me how to talk because yep, I'm going to talk yep. how I talk. This is how I talk. <laughs> but then it really, it's like, we're lyricists, right? <sighs> we write mm-hmm. lyrics. Why don't we try to stop and think about how we can reword this? And this is actually helping my writing skills. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, tell, I tell people all the time that um, 
I'm pretty intentional yeah, in the words I use and, and how I speak to people. Um, especially when I've been like really learning um, and paying attention to how people speak to and towards me and regarding me. Because um, <clears throat> that really shows, like you said, like I, like I said plenty many other times that, you know, those thoughts um, or those actions or those words are reflections of the thoughts people have towards us, um, whether conscious or subconscious. And you should really pay attention because a lot of things could be avoided or can be changed or circumvented if you really pay attention to the words and the actions people have towards you because that, that says a lot or it says a little. And you really need to pay attention to that. Amen. As far as the, the ego continues to go, um, when we attribute, you know, this is so much value to meaningless things, um, what does pride cause us to be afraid of? You know what I mean? What are we afraid of um, that we use this pride card um, to prevent? Why does anyone else's opinion matter so much to us that we feel the need to not look like whatever it is that is causing us to puff ourselves up? You know what I mean? Um, pride goes against logic, using quote-unquote logic to define and bolster feelings and emotions. Um, I thought that was an interesting um, interesting line, that pride goes against logic, using logic, um, basically escalating things. So where we get into situations where um, logic would say, well, this is right, but then when we're confronted about how we've said things or the way and things um, are being interpreted, we stand on pride, like, no, nigga, this is right, what I said, instead of deflating that ego and be like, well, you know, what do you mean by that? Um, you know, explain to me why you said that, because there's a point of misconnection, of miscommunication here, misunderstanding that I'm not seeing because I'm so caught up in the logic that I'm not seeing the person or the nature. Um, and we don't tend to do that because as we've been saying through this whole conversation, <laughs> I said what I said and I meant what I said um, because logically it's sound. But I am what I am. That it's humanly appropriate. You know what I mean? Right, yep. And, that, yep. Yep. and that's why logic retired. Right. One plus, <laughs> one plus one might equal two, but you ain't got to be like, bitch, one plus one equal two, bitch. Like you don't got to say it in that manner. <laughs> One plus one. Like, okay, yeah. I just asked you to put the seat down. Right. Right? Exactly. <laughs> but if you do it at the angle because of the one to put Oh, efficiency. Oh, man. And it's funny how logically we try to explain things and why things are done. And in the end, our pride oftentimes leads us to sound very foolish and immature and combative. Mm -hmm. Damn so it. I say all that to say this. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> <laughs> reading McCoy again today. <laughs> we live in a society where communication for many people and situations has broken down. It leads to these scuffles, to violence, to misunderstandings, to avoiding things, to misery, to longing for, to bad decisions, etc. We allow emotion to corrupt the communication process and also to obscure the connection building process. We find ourselves using people instead of working together to build each other up and find our pride on the line in many situations. Um, it is there we should be using logic to find the best course of actions to keep ourselves out of a situation that benefits no one. And it's funny that I use logic here because um, 
even though the path we seem to be on may be a logical one, it may not make sense, quote unquote, to continue on this path because it benefits no one and it only ends up hurting people. Um, but we fall victim to the same deadly sin that caused the chief angel to be kicked out of heaven, that puffed upness, that pride, um, that once again serves no one. Lucifer? Yeah. Didn't know that? <laughs> Me? You, you hear the, you hear the, yeah, I'm saying you. I, I, I'm a, I, I, uh, guessed Lucifer because I knew that he was one of like and God was it God's angels or something like that and he got kicked out yeah. of heaven but I didn't I guess was, know why. Yeah he was a chief musician um and he would go in to speak to God basically face to face and so when he came out he would be glowing and so you know all the angels kind of puffed him up like yo you got the glow you might be you know the next God type of thing and so he got mm-hmm. to thinking that oh you know I could be God or I, and then he got to thinking oh I could be better than God. And so when he got puffed up and had his little army try to um, try to fight God, God was like, "Yeah, y'all go ahead and take the rest for me." And they, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all can go ahead. <laughs> you can go ahead and take that shit. He's like, "But I created rock and roll." <laughs> <laughs> y'all can go ahead and uh, you 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 and your folks, Nim. Hey, uh... <laughs> oh, y'all got to go. I'm yeah. cool. All right. Uh-oh. And so you know that's where we get that scripture that you know um, Jesus says, "I beheld Satan for all to." Um, to, uh, I think it was Earth or, Earth or Hell, I can't remember, um, like Lightning, um, to where he was kicked out so fast because he had hooked up himself um, to believe he was bigger than he was. Um, so we can find ourselves in those same situations, you know, as the Bible once again says, probably go up before fall. Um, when you puff yourself up, when you raise yourself up, when you elevate yourself, you often find that you don't have the foundation to stand where you've built yourself. Um because you don't build the foundation strong. Um, and that's why I believe you, you fall because you get too high than you should be because you don't progress like you should. And that causes you to fall. Um, and usually you, you fall pretty, pretty far. You fall yourself. Um, but if you allow for um, the support of others to help build you up um, and in turn work on building them up, I'm not saying you got to give them all your bricks and and be left in an empty lot, but there should be some sort of connection um, based off of the sharing of information and communication to help those around you while not neglecting yourself. So let us consider the alternative to the road most traveled and seek to be at peace within ourselves and not allowing the rocking of our boat to cause us to make rash decisions that affect everyone who is riding with us. This was a good one. This was actually a really good one. A good Russell Pasity. I uh, got read for filth the entire time, but uh, <clears throat> it's great. Read all the ones. Hit me first. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Damn, I ain't shit. I feel it. Um, <laughs> so do we have a fucked up story of the week? Right. Logically, he understands now. Understand. Right, exactly. <laughs> Logically, I get it. I, I, I get it. Um... Um, I don't think so. T.S. put something on the uh, Facebook page. Was it yesterday, I think? Oh, yeah, that motherfucker got capped. Okay, real quick, real quick. Uh, I thought that was funny as fuck. They're uh, a tribe expert. Called Quest. Uh, oh. A call. Oh, God 
now I, now I said it. A tribe expert went um, into uh, one of the like Amazon forest areas to, you know, do his tribe expert shit, and they shot him, and he died. They shot him with an arrow, and he died. Cody had the great joke of he went from expert to extinct. I really, really laughed at that. Really? Oh, come on. I did a T Pain album. It said rapper turned singer. I said expert turned extinct. That was because you said that better than music. And I was like, this was a music. I, I just, okay. Yeah. Oh, let's that's go what with you, that. Got it. Uh, but yeah, that's. Russell needs to back up every. He needs to logically explain all of my jokes because you guys just, <laughs> I swear. <laughs> um, that was that was the fucked up story of the week. And if for a fun fact. Sycamore. A fun fact of the week <laughs> is that apparently Pride will fuck up <clears throat> your logic. Vegeta. So we That's why Vegeta never surpassed Goku. Because <laughs> his pride got in the way. <laughs> pride will fuck up your logic. So get that shit in order. And this has been episode 78 <clears throat> of Not Politically Correct. This is your boy, Real McCoy, a.k.a. Mr. What They Do, a.k.a. Young Splash God. You know what the fuck going on. And I'm on Twitter, at Real McCoy KPZ, and TS is not here. He is with the Lord in the house of the Lord. Unlike, but not in the manner which Lucifer was. He's not. He wasn't near him like that. But Cody? Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Cody. <laughs> Drake or and everything. You did. All right. Uh, Russ, Barman, Eddie Russ, Who Wears Q, yeah. Russ the Bus. <laughs> you can find me on the Chattiest of Snaps as Chattiest Snap Chattiest and on IG at Candy Cupidity, C A N D I D underscore C P I D I T Y. I D I T Y, I D I T Y, it's radio. It's been a good one, you guys, but on that note, gang!